is the Laircast Snippet. I am, as always, your host, Jeffrey Way. Welcome back. Apologies if you hear Sesame Street in the background. That's just how it is, and I can't I can't make myself ask them to turn it down. You know, it's so funny. You, you go a couple decades of your life with no Sesame Street, and then you have a baby, and it's on every morning. And not just one episode. You're going to have three or four episodes every single morning, even just in the background when nobody's staring at it. So that's kind of my life at this point. Uh, today, I do not want to talk about Sesame Street. I would love to talk about uh, one thing. There's a big difference between what folks say they do versus what they actually do. And yes, that is exactly what I wrote in Wonderlist, probably once again late at night when I couldn't go to bed. So what does this mean? Um, it's something I've come to realize over the years. Let me explain. Uh, when I was younger... I would come across tools or frameworks or, or architecture styles, and I would learn about them, and I would immediately feel overwhelmed. I'm sure you can relate, where maybe you go to the GitHub page, or you read the book or the documentation, and whoop, right over your head, like you can't even get past chapter one, or you can't even get past the, the basic user guide because it's so complicated. And back then, my assumption was, well, I'm just not ready for this. You know, this is really complicated stuff. Uh, I'm not there yet. Clearly, everyone using this tool understands things at a different level than I do. And this is going to be true in a lot of instances. So I accepted it. Uh, but then I matured a bit as a developer. Maybe I become an intermediate developer. And I still come to some of these tools. And kind of the same thing. But this time, I can use the tool or the framework. I can make it work. You know, you get to a point as a developer where, yes, you can make it work. It's not, it's not glorious. It's not nice. It's not elegant, but you can make it work. And so you use these tools and you think, well, it's really complicated to do basic things. But again, I guess I, I just don't understand the complexities involved. So it has to be this way, right? It must have to be this way because these people are so much smarter than me and they did it this way. So, you know, my fault. But you know what? Now... Um, I have so much more to learn. I have a ridiculous amount to learn myself, but I feel like I've been doing it for, for 12, 13 years at this point. Uh, I'm not sure I'd have to add it up, but when I encounter some of these things now on GitHub, um, I'm a little less self-deprecating. Let's put it that way, because now I come across them and I think, my goodness, I'm going through the basic usage guide and I can't even get through it, you know, because it's so complicated and your examples are just assuming these massive code snippets where you're injecting 10 different things and you're calling all these methods and you don't describe it for me and it just feels awkward and awful to get started with. And no longer do I think, well, I must be too stupid to figure this out. Um, maybe a bit more arrogance, but now my instinct is, my goodness, why did you not put the user first? Maybe you're so focused getting this to work and making sure you follow all these patterns and these best practices, quote unquote, that you forgot by far the most important thing. And the most important thing is, as an end user, how will it feel to consume your tool? And if you force them to do 30 different steps and call all these methods, and you, you force them to write code that feels so incredibly programmery, um, it's not their fault. 
maybe that's the instinct. I've I've come to my my goodwill hunting moment where I think it's not my fault that this is too complicated to use, and it's not because you are so much smarter than me that I just don't get it. No, what I think is more often than not, uh, when when you encounter APIs or, or tools or libraries or framework, whatever it is, whatever you're trying to use, uh, SDKs, stuff like that. Uh, when they feel really awkward to use, like, almost like, well, have they ever used this themselves? Because surely they wouldn't be okay with this. Uh, if you ever encounter that, again, there's there's no rhyme or reason for it, other than the fact that coding's really hard. And maybe um, you can get to a point when you're building something yourself, I know I've done this as well, where you're so immersed in it that you almost become incapable of stepping out and reintroducing yourself to this this tool as a newcomer. All the things you take for granted, I promise you nobody else is going to take for granted. They're barely going to know what this thing does when they are introduced to it for the first time. So they will go over that installation guide and they will review that usage guide. And the sad reality uh, is more often than not, it's completely going to go over your head and um, the API is going to feel awful to work with. And that's why it's so special, by the way, when you come across uh, certain people or certain companies where the things they do produce just make perfect sense. It's clear. It's simple. There's no fuss. I almost get kind of giddy when I encounter these things uh, because it's just not very common. Some examples might be, uh, of course, Laravel. I think Taylor does this uh, about as well as anyone could possibly. Uh, But then tools like the Carbon Library which is a uh, PHP-specific date formatting tool. It's just, it's perfection. There's nothing I want from it that it doesn't provide. And the API, you always know an API is so good that you can guess the method and it'll work. You don't even have to read the documentation. You just think, well, I kind of want this. So you call it, yep, it works, you know? And um, this is not meant to knock anyone because, again, the reality is this stuff is so difficult. If anything, it's maybe meant to knock some of my my own things that I've created in the past, where I go back to them now, you know, things you create and maybe maybe you drift away from them because uh, you no longer use them. But I'll just come back and look at them and think, well, that was actually not very good. That was a little too complex. I just expected the user to do way too much when clearly the answer was for me to provide um, little adapters to these things or, or little wrappers around these things so that the user isn't forced to figure all of it out. Because that's my job. You know, if you if you give somebody a TV, you just want them to press a button to turn it on. You don't want them to, like, open up the back, unscrew everything, hook all the wires together, and then screw it back up, and then, you know, call some method that in no way signals that you're starting the TV. No, you just want to push a button. And I try to apply that to some of the, the code I write these days. It should be as simple as pushing a button. And if it's not... Um, how, how do I get as close as possible to that? You know, to some extent, coding is hard, and it's not always as simple as pushing a button. But the goal for me when I'm making an API that others will use um, is how close can I get to the feeling of pushing a button? So, you know what? I'm reading my Wonderlist task, podcast item for today, and really everything I've said has nothing to do with that. Again, it says there's a big difference between what folks say they do versus what they actually do. Yep, it had absolutely nothing to do with what I've said. So now the question is, do we do we segue? There's no segue involved here. Do we just switch over to my original topic, or do I try to make everything I said before work? 
why don't, why don't we why don't we take a, a few more minutes? Okay, so here's what I actually meant. You can erase the previous five minutes, even though it's true. Uh, what I actually meant is, honestly, though, uh, it does kind of go in line with it uh, a little bit. Uh, you'll find on Twitter, if you follow developers and your heroes and people who have taught you things, uh, that they will evangelize lots of things. Um, and some of them really good, and some of them not so good or not so applicable. And you might get the indication that, again, these people are much smarter than you, and they are working on the types of projects that you are not, so they appreciate these things on a different level. In some cases, that's absolutely true. I, I think a, a good metric when you are learning to be a developer is to, at least at first, try to surround yourself with the types of people who are working on the types of projects that you intend to be working on. So, for example, those who are working on big banks, you know, or big insurance companies, these are very, very complicated and very dangerous domains. And I say dangerous because if, if you screw something up, if you screw up a calculation, then the audit's going to be completely screwed and you're going to be in a world of hurt. So they have to put in particular practices to, to protect themselves. Uh, but the thing is, I think you have to appreciate that for your world, and I'm assuming your world is somebody who builds websites and applications, you know, you, you're probably not working on Bank of America. If you are, you have your own rules, and that's great. Uh, but for people who are at a certain level of complexity when it comes to what they work on, uh, I think it's good to learn from the people who are also building those sorts of things because they're going to be most applicable to you. Uh, certain approaches and techniques and patterns uh, will make perfect sense for one industry or one area of development, and then at the same time, almost absolutely zero sense for another style of project. And it's hard because uh, as a beginner or intermediate developer, it's difficult to know where that line is. How do I know if uh, event sourcing or using a command bus or microservices, how do I know if that's on my side of the track, so to speak? And the answer is it's really tough. And that's why it's good to have an open mind and not put yourself in a position where you uh, instinctively block everything out because you have the way it's going to work and you're not going to allow any other approach in. Uh, that's really bad. I was actually reading about that the other day. Uh, I'm reading a book called, what is it, Curiosity Inc. Uh, it's basically by uh, one of the creators of Pixar. It's mostly a book about business and leadership and, and organization, uh, but it also talks quite a bit about Pixar and how it was created and, and how he developed some of these things. And um, I was reading this part last night where they were kind of the trailblazers back in the late 70s on figuring out how to merge software, computers, uh, with animation and trying to figure out how to do that. And this one part, he said he figured out how to represent a hand, like an actual hand, and manipulate it and move it around on screen. It's the sort of thing we take for granted now, but back then, it was it was the cream of the crop. I mean, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. You know, back then, even figuring out how to make a curved line let alone animate it and connect it to 50 other different little objects, uh, was kind of unprecedented. And so as excited as he was about this, one thing he found was that when he was connected with uh, some of Disney's animators at the time, who were very traditional, uh, their instinct, it was almost impossible to break that barrier with them. They wouldn't even consider the fact that computers might one day be uh, connected to animation which is hilarious at this point because it's almost exclusively 
uh, done through computers at this point. But back then, the the barrier and the the inability to allow anything new into your little sphere was so overwhelming that he found that it was almost impossible to work with these guys. They just simply wouldn't allow it. Uh, maybe at some level they recognized that this represented maybe the end of their career or the eventual expiration of their career as things moved over. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's true for just about every industry. Uh, sometimes we we figure out what works for us and we're very hesitant to allow anything new on the outside. Um, and we don't want to do that. I, I prefer the approach of letting everything inside, but then you also need to know when to bat a bunch of it away. So take a look at it, consider it objectively, as objectively as you can, but then be perfectly willing to bat it away as inappropriate for you. But now it's hard because, again, on Twitter, they, uh, I've talked about trends before. And I, you know what's funny about that? Uh, I've, I've noticed whenever I record an episode about trends, it has the ability to offend certain people. And I guess it's fair. Nobody wants to think that what they're using is just some trend. Uh, it's dismissive of the person uh, when it's not intended to be. But it's a simple fact that that I've seen nonstop throughout my entire career. Trends come and go. The most popular thing, you know, you see it in the magazines, the 10 most popular things that are going to change 2010 or 2011. They do one for every single year. Uh, I remember in like 2013, a web designer magazine asked me to write a, I used to write like a, a monthly article for them. And they they asked me to write the top 100 JavaScript frameworks of 2013. And I never did it because I thought like, well, <laughs> who wants to read an article about the top 100 JavaScript frameworks? You know, like let's do maybe top three or top five, but if we're going to give people a hundred different choices, what's the point? You know, are, do we expect them to go through all a hundred to figure out which one's going to be best for them? Uh, so I declined it and, and they got somebody else to write it, but not sure where I was going with that, but it just seems so stupid to me. Uh, oh, here's where I was going with that. Yeah, the, the simple fact is what people say on Twitter and what they uh, evangelize and market and advertise uh, very often, not always, but I would say maybe half the time, maybe a little more than half the time, it doesn't necessarily reflect the way they actually work in real life. Um, what it does reflect is their current interests. Uh, if you suddenly start seeing somebody write a lot about DDD, good for them. Uh, but it does not mean that they are a DDD veteran who has figured all of these things out and they have battle-tested it on uh, projects that actually require it. Sometimes it just amounts to... They've been learning. They've been reading a book on it. Uh, they're excited by it because there's lots of new terminology, and it seems, uh, for lack of better words, it seems kind of fancy, and that's fun. It's fun to to slay the beast. If you can figure out how to understand this very complicated thing, it's almost like a badge of honor, uh, and I can certainly appreciate that. But the thing to appreciate is that so often the people evangelizing these things maybe have six months' worth of experience with it, maybe at best. And that's because the things we learn are the things that get us excited. And uh, subsequently, the things that get us excited are the things that we want to talk about. Uh, so I think you have to be somewhat understanding of this. Um, and this factors into trends. This factors into human behavior. Uh, you have to appreciate that. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It just means it's something they're learning and they're excited by. But 
they haven't figured out for themselves just yet if they're going to use this. And again, what they're actually coding may have no connection to what they're talking about on Twitter. Maybe, you know, I have so many examples of this. Maybe they're talking about the benefits of microservices and uh, how separating things into different repositories can be incredibly useful because you have uh, clearly defined boundaries and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Great. That definitely has its uses in some cases, but it's very, very possible that the person marketing this is not actually using microservices in any of their own projects. Uh, Another one might be TDD, somebody very outspoken about TDD. Um, You might just find that in their own projects, they're not actually doing TDD uh, the way they advertise because they're still learning it. And, And this is entirely fair. This is true for just about everyone. So, uh, as always, I feel like I've gotten to this point in my career where all of my advice revolves around this idea of being somewhat suspicious. It's good to be very protective of your time and your energy and your mental capacity, because I've been doing this for so long, tinkering away at it, clicking away at it almost every single day for thousands and thousands of days. So you learn to be a bit more critical, a bit more suspicious of things. And you wonder, is this actually an improvement that's being advertised to me? Or is it just another layer of complexity that's going to make it more difficult and require more learning? Um, And there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, When you're 20, you're willing to do it. Uh, You're kind of like a sponge. But in your 30s and your 40s, I think it's a bit different. Okay. All over the place for this one, but I will see you next time.